Welcome back to the podcast, guys. And today we're going to be talking about what to do when you're completely stumped on a problem. So one question I usually get and one question I always come across, um, even for myself personally, is uh, how do we get over humps and problems that we come across, right? So let's say you're solving a problem or let's say you're working on a watch or let's say you're coming across some just general difficulties and even in terms of everyday life, like maybe you're trying to solve a math equation or maybe you're trying to solve or tackle an issue, right? Um, What a fantastic timing on the whole coronavirus thing as well, right? Tell me about it. Um, But anyway, uh, the way I usually deal with uh, blocks like this is to take some time off, believe it or not. Uh, The way of thinking for most people, and especially the very, very self-disciplined people, uh, usually the people with the highest amount of self-control will have the biggest hurdle and biggest obstacles when it comes to solving these problems. Because they're so used to uh, pushing through and they're so used to just uh, forcing themselves to keep going instead of taking a moment to stop and breathe. Usually, uh, moments where we are stumbling on an issue or moments where we're blocked or can't figure out the problem, it is generally, in my uh, uh, anecdotal view, right? Generally, in my view, it is because, it is simply because the we're not looking at it in the right perspective. So generally our initial thought process is what is stopping us from finding the initial answer, the, the, the answer to the equation, right? So our first answer to a problem for a difficult problem is very, very seldom the correct answer, okay? And usually what this requires is for you to take some time off, all right? The key is to do something else uh, until your brain is consciously free of any thought of the original problem. And taking this step gives the brain and uh, the best way I can explain is taking this step backwards. Most people look at it like, nah, I don't want to, you know, it's going to be a waste of time, etc. No. Taking this time to take a step back is very is crucial because it allows the brain to relax and operate in the in the background, the, the subconscious side of your brain. It allows you to ping pong that problem back and forth into other areas of your brain. Right. So when we're too focused on a problem, usually it's the prefrontal cortex that's at work. It's only the front side of the brain uh, right behind the forehead that is operating and and trying to figure out the problem. We're not using the rest of our brain, right? Now, when you take a step back and you're doing something else, your brain no longer engages the the specific problem that you're trying to solve is no longer being engaged by the prefrontal cortex. So it's no longer being operated in the front of the brain. So when we take a step back, what this allows us to do is it lets the subconscious side of your brain, the other areas of your brain, to start kind of ping-ponging that idea and problem back and forth, which is why 
it's it, it's very very crucial you can see this with chess players you can see this with a lot of people who actually in the moment of uh in the mo- in the heat of the moment sometimes it makes sense for them to relax stop and breathe because what that does is it allows us it allows your brain to really reset even for a brief moment of time to really digest and understand what we're trying to solve right um, generally, there's like a, a, we can see this in many, many anecdotal uh, reports, like um, uh, Bill Gates is known to even just take nice long walks to clear his brain when he comes across a problem, you know, uh, you know, walk, walking spurs creativity in many, many fields. And you can, you, you can test that theory out yourself, you know, if you come across a tough tough equation today and just take some time off and just walk around and 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 let that marinate in your brain right i know the whole quarantine thing some people can't can't go out but you know focus on other things um because the concept is once you're distracted from the problem at hand the other parts of your brain has access and, and can now process it in a overview in a bigger picture way to kind of really tie together a solution um, to really uh, go across platforms in your in your different areas of your brain to really really uh, connect right and this is where kind of creativity comes from for the most part when you are trying to creatively uh, discover or invent or come up with something brand new and and whatnot usually it's not the prefrontal cortex that does that it's the other aspects of the brain and then the prefrontal cortex can kind of digest the information and then create what you want to create so uh other other anecdotals right like for example thomas edison uh was pretty famous for taking naps whenever he came across a difficult problem and one thing I got when I started trying to do this was very, very interesting because I would, I heard that sleep, <laughs> I heard that sleep helped with processing different informations and I am not knocking it at all. And I think that sleep is very, very important and I'll get, I'll get to it and, and sleep is definitely important. I'm not saying sleep is not important. Um, but the funny thing was, was that whenever I was told to take a nap and if I did take a nap. I literally just fell asleep. Uh, I would literally just sleep and I would take a, it would be a ridiculous excuse for an afternoon nap. And it usually, it usually turns into a, an hour nap. It's not even like 15 minutes or whatnot. And I'll wake up groggier and more upset than usual when I wake up. Cause I was, I'll be more upset at myself for kind of just taking a random nap and attempt to solve a solution. And I would find that, um, I would say to myself, I was like, I didn't solve any problems, you know, like I didn't, I wasted my time essentially, right? Like I wasted a good evening, I wasted a good hour of my day. I could have been getting something else done. And um, turns out I was doing it wrong, right? So when I looked more into different uh, anecdotals like Thomas Edison and whatnot, I noticed that he did it a little differently. Uh, Apparently Thomas Edison... Uh, whenever he came across a different problem, rather than focus uh, intently on it, he would essentially just grab a bunch of ball bearings and put it in his hand. 
And he would sit on his couch or sit on his sofa or sit on his bed. And he would drift off and fall asleep. He he was... It was it, it's it's said that he instead of just going to sleep, he would lay down, relax, and let the information and problem that he was working on kind of just settle in the, in the in the background, and just loosely let his brain explore and just all the random shit you think about when you're about to fall asleep, kind of just letting your brain just randomly you know think of all these random different thoughts. And there was no organization or whatnot. But he said eventually when he, he would fall asleep, um, when he fell asleep, the ball bearings that he was holding on his hand, because he's holding ball bearings in his hand, when he falls asleep, his hands would just, the ball bearings would slip from his hands. And the, the drop of the ball bearings would wake him up. And he would immediately get up after the ball bearings would drop. And... Because of that, that made more sense to me. For me, whenever I thought of us, uh, whenever I was trying to do situations like this, and I would try to go to sleep, I would literally just fall asleep. But by having this uh, uh, kind of like a timer or whatnot, or an uh, activation device, where if he fell asleep and the ball bearings dropped, it would force him to wake up because of the loud noise. It was he was able to get that 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 small moment of time when his other when the other areas of his brain was tackling that problem that whenever he dropped the ball bearings and he woke up he would able to immediately grip and grasp the fragments of that of those thoughts that that's that spurred from that moment of time when he wasn't thinking about the problem and apparently this helped him a lot and so when I heard of that, I tried it a couple times. I tried it several times afterwards. Um, at first, I, I didn't see much. But then after a while, uh, I started to... What, what it really did was it gave me different perspectives. Because there was no... The best way I can put it, there was no real logical thinking. Right? So... One important thing I like to point out for us watchmakers is that we're very, very logical. Um, it's a, it's a very, we're very, very, uh, if this, then that oriented. So we're actually, we're pretty, pretty good if we were to hop into the computer engineering programs, but that's, that's a different podcast episode. So uh, because we're so logical, because we know that everything is interconnected in some shape or form in a watch, we know things logically have to make sense, right? So we're always trying to process everything logically. Now, when we try to process things logically, we don't leave room for outside creativity to kind of seep in. And what I personally found that allowing our, our prefrontal cortex to relax, allowing it to kind of just chill out for a moment, allowing logic in itself to kind of be put on a brief pause and letting the other areas of your brain kind of just come up with random, unlogical, creative, deep, different, and even sometimes uh, solutions that don't really make sense, right? And what I've personally found was when I when I allow allowed my brain to do that, when I allowed it, uh, when I put logic aside momentarily trying to solve a problem, 
in situations where I I just relax or I, I do something else. What I found was that when I came back to the problem, I came at it with a fresher pair of eyes, right? That's one. Two, different perspectives. Three, nothing was off the table. And I think the last point was the biggest factor for me. When I came back, everything else, nothing was no uh, everything was on the table. So, so nothing was out of the equation. So it gave me that ability to explore afterwards now with the prefrontal cortex. So whenever I did things like this and I came back to it, it almost, it, for me personally, it created a deeper connection between technical, scientific, and even artistic creativity. And the uh, number of different solutions I was able to come up with to solve that problem. It's very, very fascinating stuff. Now, I don't know if there's really, really deep and hard scientific literature detailing a lot of this stuff. But what's interesting, and I resonated even more with Thomas Edison a little bit when I, when I read the quote, the cliche quote. Uh, you know, the cliche quote from Thomas Edison where he says, I have not failed. I've simply found, you know, 10,000 ways that didn't work. That makes sense because when you're really, when you come across a really tough problem and you're throwing everything you have at it and it's just not working and you're not figuring out the problem, it's very, very easy to just call it quits. My way of thinking before was to say, look, if I hand this watch off to someone else right now, if I hand this watch off to, you know, my superiors at that point, I know they I know they would solve this problem. I know they can fix this problem. And so in my way of thinking, you know, my very egotistical side at that time was always like, if this guy can do it, I can do it. There's no reason why I can't do this. So I literally just sat there and and hammered away until I found the solution. Does that work? Yes. Is there more optimal ways of doing things? Definitely. Now, come on, Siri. Why is it? My, 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 <laughs> my Siri just kicked up. I apologize for that. Um, but is there more optimal ways of doing things? Yes. And what I found was that uh, taking a step back sometimes makes better sense. And I feel like we're getting really philosophical, but if you were to, how does a bow and arrow work? You have to pull the bow back. You have to pull the arrow back for it to go forward. And sometimes you need to take steps backwards to kind of really understand what you're dealing with. Because finding errors and finding problems should give you a sense of satisfaction. Because in theory, if you're not coming across problems that are stumping you, if you're not coming across problems that are giving you a problem, then you're simply not matching your current level of technical expertise or uh, creative geniusness or even just not at the right level, right? It's kind of like saying you're going, it's kind of like saying you are going to head back to kindergarten and you're passing everything with straight A's. Yeah, you can, but is it really matching your level of reading, your level of comprehension, your level of skills? And that's what I'm talking about. So one of the biggest things we come across when we, when we come across a tough problem and trying to 
get over a, a tough problem and, and or we're being stumped on it is reframing the way we're looking at it first, right? So you want to reframe it. So you don't want to come across it and look at it like, oh, this is a tough problem. I can't, I can't solve this. I'm going to give this to someone else to try to fix. I'm completely stumped after you tried everything. No. First off, chill out, relax, take a step back and understand that you should be happy you have a problem right now because it, you're you're coming across something that's finally on your level of difficulty it's kind of like a game right um it's very easy to beat level one monsters if you're level 100 or something like that i don't know but the way i see it is when you see when you find problems you should be proud because these are opportunities now when you hammer away and you take a step back and you let your other areas of your brain figure out the problem and you come back to it and you test out those solutions no matter how outrageous it could be those are still different perspectives that you can also take a look at because nothing at this point can be off the table right so again nothing can be off the table if you come across a problem that's really stumping you because in theory anything can and will help so when Thomas Edison said that he just found 10,000 different ways that different that didn't work, that, resonate, that resonates because you can try those different areas and you can, uh, that, that gives you a new framework because now it builds on top of each other each time you come across a different problem that you, that you can't solve. When you come across a problem that you can't solve and you've already exhausted different areas prior to this specific problem, you have different pathways. It's kind of like driving a car. Instead of going to destination, when you're going to destination B, instead of just taking the highway, you try taking the local route. Uh, you took the local route. doesn't work. Maybe you took smaller routes around the local route. It might be out of your way, but you know that eventually you can get there still. Sometimes if the highway is backed up, you might want to take local. Sometimes if local is backed up, you might want to take highway. Sometimes if both of them are backed up, you now have a different, different solution. You have a different path to get there. And each solution works upon the last. Each step, each way that didn't work, each progress, each section always builds on top of the thing that you worked on last. And that's the great thing about watchmaking kind of because everything is cumulative. Everything you try is cumulative. Now, that, of course, doesn't pertain just specifically to watchmaking. Everything in general in life is, in theory, cumulative. So when you try something and you try to solve a problem, when you solve that problem, that problem is no longer a problem in the future because you know how to solve it if you truly grasp the concepts and the uh, processing that is involved in solving the solution and solving the problem. I'm sorry. So in theory, it's a win-win situation. The only hurdle is for you to change your perspective initially because it's your initial framework, your initial perspective of the problem that's stopping you from solving the problem. I know that sounds like a handful, but again, you have to remember, uh, mistakes are inevitable. So just expect that up front. To, to work past them, uh, you gotta, I, I know, I know I've mentioned this many, many times before and that we need to do deep work and that you need to be in a state of flow, right? 
when you come across a tough problem like this, sometimes deep work or flow is actually counterintuitive because the 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 flow of things if you get into the flow that's great because that means you're actually at the right level of difficulty that makes sense right so let me let me address that again when you're in a state of flow and you are not being stumped you are at the right level of difficulty because it's not too hard where you quit but it's not too easy where you're not interested when you're in a state of flow it's just right because you're you know what you're doing and time flies. That's great. When you come across a tough problem, time's going to slow down because you're reaching that maximal maximal uh, uh, maximal difficulty of a value for yourself, right? So at this point, when you come across a very, really, really tough problems, it's very, very important to keep your sessions short, okay? Don't try to work past and don't try to force yourself to work harder to solve the problem because if you do you're only again engaging your prefrontal cortex what we want to do is engage the rest of our brain and by doing so you need to keep your sessions short tackle it let's just say i'm just gonna give you a rough rough example you come across a problem you can't solve it you spend 45 minutes on it already you're seriously sure that you can't solve it okay take a break Take a quick nap. Think about the problem. Take a nap. Go to sleep. Walk around. Uh, do something else. Eat your food. Eat your lunch. Think. Really let it settle. Now, come back and tackle it for 25 minutes. Go back to the bench when you're done. Or go back to the equation. Try to solve it. Spend 25 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes. But set a specific time limit. And then when you hit the time limit, stop. That break will allow your because you're it's at this at this point it's trial and error right so because you took a break and your brain uh, hammered away at it subconsciously in the background you might not even notice that your brain's hammering it subconsciously in the background but when you come back to the equation come back to the problem you might have a set of new eyes you might have a different perspective and that's what's gonna help us so each time you take a break and you come back to it you, you might have a different you might have a different you might have a, a different perspective um and that can help us a lot right so if you continuously uh, for, okay quick note on the subject of coming back to the equation yeah but uh anthony what if uh what if i come back to it like 10 times in a day and i still can't solve it okay i understand in moments like that when you really 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 can't solve it um this could be another topic episode in and of itself. Really break down the solution. Really break down the problem. Really find out where you're being stumped on. That's a, that's a, that, that could be maybe tomorrow's episode or something. Because generally, your perspective of the problem, it is like I said earlier in the podcast, is your problem. Your initial perspective of the problem is stopping you from figuring out the solution of the problem. So when you're analyzing the problem, oftentimes our solution is how well we phrase our questions. Our solutions is often how we phrase our problems. 
So finding the perfect, finding the right solution for the equation or the problem you have at hand is asking the right questions. So if you're really being stumped about the problem, really ask yourself, are you asking the right questions to solve this problem here? Is the problem really this specific part? What is causing this specific part to look like this? What is causing this equation to stop me? What part during this equation or what part during this skill or what part during this technique or what part during this task did I get confused on? What part of this, uh, what part of remembering this area did I, did, I, did I start to slip away at? Where am I not remembering it? Where am I, where am I losing my ability to focus on this at? You, when you ask the right questions, your brain will come up with different answers. Oftentimes, again, from my experience, my personal experience, whenever I am completely stumped on a problem and I finally find the solution, it is because I was never asking the right questions or I was asking myself the wrong questions the entire time and or I didn't frame my perspective correctly to solve that problem, right? It's the best way I can explain it is kind of like saying the best way I can explain it is kind of like saying if you're driving a car and you hear something's wrong with your car, you hear something's wrong with the muffler and you go check out the muffler. At that point, you can say either one or two things. What is wrong with my muffler? Or two, is there something wrong with the car? Right? So when you bring it to the car mechanic or you try to, or you, let's say you try to fix the car yourself and you look at the muffler, is the problem the muffler or is the problem something else connected to the muffler? So if you focus your task at hand to just solve the muffler and let's say you replace the muffler, but later on, the problem still persists. Are you going to ask yourself again, is it the muffler, right? Or is there something else that is causing the problem? Because if you continuously focus on just the muffler and you're asking yourself and, you're, and you think it's just the muffler on the car, that's the problem. You're not going to solve the problem because your initial perspective is not helping you see that there could be other possibilities. That might be a terrible example, but that, that's the only thing I can come up with on the spot. But what I'm trying to say, long story short, is you have to rephrase your question. Now, if you come across a problem that you really, really, really can't solve or really can't, really can't figure out, and you come across back to it many, many different times, and you can't solve the problem, oftentimes it is because you're not asking the right questions to fix a problem. Almost 95% of my discoveries when it comes to situations like this where I'm completely stumped, almost 95% of the times when I was completely stumped and I couldn't solve the problem, and when someone else solved the problem was because I did not ask the right questions. So if you want to put a quote on it, the magnitude of your solutions, the effectiveness of your solutions, coming up with the solution, 
is often dictated by asking the right questions. If you're not asking the right questions, you will not come up with the proper solution to the equation. That is a, that's my response to those who might be asking me, well, you know, if you come across back to it multiple times and you still can't solve it, it's probably because you're using a less than optimal way of trying to solve the problem. Okay, so having said that, what are some things you can do, right, when you need to take a break, right? Okay, so I know that some of you guys might be saying, well, I don't want to take a nap. Sure. Go for your lunch break. Take a lunch. Uh, if you're at work, if you have work, if you have the luxury, if you have the time, take a break. Um, if you have the opportunity, just go for a walk. Uh, you can go to the gym, you can meditate, you can nap a little bit, you can read something else, right? You can listen to music, chill out. The whole point is to do something where you do something where your mind is off the problem itself, right? Because what we don't want is for you to, uh, in theory, just take a break and never come back to the problem. Because doing this is not an excuse for you to just slack off and sleep the whole day or slack off and just go to the gym the whole day or slack off and party and saying, hey, well, uh, Anthony told me to uh, chill the hell out. And so I'm partying my ass off now. No, no. Doing this does not mean you can slack off and do nothing. It's going to take hours. It could take days. It could take maybe even weeks, right? But you have to constantly practice going back and forth, engaging the prefrontal cortex and your subconscious mind. Because what this does is it helps you completely exhaust everything that you can within your level of resources. You can't just take a pause and come back to it a week later. No, you gotta come back soon enough. Back to the Thomas Edison thing. He, when the ball bearings dropped, he immediately snapped back into a prefrontal cortex mode of thinking which immediately helped him engage and grasp what his, what, what his brain was creatively coming up with when he was about to fall asleep. That's where it helped me the most, kind of, when I started doing stuff like this, um, where if I fell asleep, it would work, kind of, but then I would just lose way too much time. But if I took like maybe a 20, 15 to 20-minute 20 nap um, and I was able to make sure that I would... I made sure I was able to really engage the prefrontal cortex the minute I came back out from my nap. Really, really sped up things for me. I cannot tell you how much it sped up for me. The level of um, problem solving and creativity you can come up with within that short of a time span is ridiculous. Now, it might not work for you immediately. It might take a little practice. But if I had to pass this level of thinking to other people for solving problems this would be it this would be one of the main ones up there and this is one of the things that i was uh, covering in the book as well so if you guys are if you guys like what you listen to i think now is the time to kind of just like pause it and stop this episode i think we're going a little too long um but if you like me to do more long form uh, long form formats podcast like this just let me know um if you can leave a comment or maybe if you can just shoot me a message uh leave a review or whatnot that'll be wonderful right because i know with the whole quarantine thing and everyone staying home 
um, you guys kind of want to digest some information, something new. Um, so it's great time. This is a great time because oftentimes most people will look at this and say, oh, it's a terrible time. And, and the way they're thinking in their brain, again, the perspective that they're looking at is kind of holding them back from solving and achieving what they want to achieve. So if you're looking at this moment of time and you're saying to yourself, I'm stuck at home, I have nothing to do, I can't do anything, then you're already setting yourself, you're already setting yourself up for failure. Now, if you're taking this time to improve and, and, and better yourself and catch up on what you need to catch up on, this is a wonderful time for you to put all these practices into play. Because when this whole thing is over, said and done, you don't want to say you wasted your past several weeks or your past several months or however long this is going to be. Because if instead you worked on focus on yourself and you spent this time to improve yourself, when you come back, you're, you should be stronger. Honestly, you should be mentally stronger. If it's not mentally stronger, physically stronger, you should, if not physical or mental, then you should be spiritually stronger, some, some shape or form, right? Because you should always be working on yourself to be better than you were yesterday. If you go to sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow morning and you can't honestly say you were better than you were yesterday, then that's the day wasted, if you ask me. But anyway, that's a different topic. Um, again, if you like this episode, guys, please leave a review if you possibly can. It just helps with the uh, ratings and rankings and whatnot. Um, leave a comment on Instagram or Facebook or even reach out to me if there's anything you want me to cover specifically. I can continue going on this uh, uh, kind of this format of lecturing in terms of how to learn and whatnot, because I think that's a huge part of what everyone's trying to do right now since they're at home. And also, it just coincides with the draft that I'm working on as well. So this just helps you guys and helps me as well. Other than that, I hope you have a great day and take care.